hello. It's the late, late show. If anyone cares, going late into the night tonight. My name is Jarla James. It is Wednesday, August 25th. You are listening to this on Thursday, August 26th, or probably more likely a date after that. Usually the majority of people listen to it in the following days or weeks or months or years. But it is available to you on Thursday, August 26, 2021. I don't care when you listen, as long as you listen. I'm very thankful that you listen. But I do the work, you enjoy it at your convenience, and you're welcome. Nevertheless, we have a fantastic show for you today that we recorded just a few days ago with actress, model, recent freshman enrollee at the University of Utah, Go Utes, Cambry Euler joined the show, and I was excited, and I was a little bit nervous to do the show. One, because I had this grand plan of what I was going to do, and I was nervous because I didn't know how I was going to execute it. And then the show happened, and... It went about to my expectation. And, you know, I try to be honest with you for everything. It went about how I expected it to. It was a fun time. We got to all the things I wanted to get to. And I really enjoyed my time. And I'm very thankful that she made time for the show. And, I mean, it's it's always good to have different types of people on this podcast. And this was just another conversation that I've been wanting to have and and haven't really gotten uh, a firm commitment from anyone and, and she was the first one so thank you to her thank you for checking this out I won't take up too much more of your time you can follow her by the way at Cambry Euler uh, you can see how it's spelt on the podcasting app but I will spell it for you if you are not currently looking at your phone c-a-m-b-r-i-e dot Euler O-Y-L-E-R. Follow her on Instagram at Cambry Euler. And you can follow us at Riley James IAC, Twitter and Instagram at if anyone cares underscore on Twitter. All the plat- platforms that have podcasting, all of the rate, review, subscribe things I'm supposed to say. Yeah, episode 60. Big episode. Big episode. So we'll go ahead and get to it. Enjoy the show. On the line from Salt Lake City, Utah, our first guest out of that region of the country, congratulations on being the first, <laughs> is an actress, is a model, is someone who it's, who fascinated me immediately when I followed them on Instagram and I wanted to have them on the show, Cambry Euler. Cambry, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing so good. Uh, I, first off, I want to thank you for the for the time. We had a slight delay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I, I'm so incredibly thankful you're on the show because I've been wanting to talk to an actress for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's so many fascinating things that uh, I want to get to. But first off, let's, let's learn a little bit about you. So you're from Utah. You yes. grew up about an hour south in Spanish Fork of, of Salt Lake City. Um what what should people know about you? What, what is something that, that makes you stand out from the rest? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I started performing around eight years old. I did community theater, which is huge in Utah. We have so many different theaters all over, all over the valley. Um, I was able to sign with an agency around 14, and I've been doing film work and theater and modeling um, ever since then. Um, yeah, it's been pretty awesome. I've been pretty lucky to be able to start so young and, and, and work so consistently throughout my teen years, which has been awesome. Well, just living in Utah and, and working. Um, I grew up, I was the seventh of nine children, which oh, was that's crazy. That's so yeah. many kids. <laughs> it, is, it is crazy. Um, I, yeah, I was one of the younger ones. And so I had a lot of, a lot of different role models growing up. My sister actually was a performer as well before she settled down and got married. But um, she's definitely someone I looked up to for that. Seven of nine. Okay. So <laughs> that's a, I mean, God bless your parents, by the way, that, that's, that's a lot of kids. I grew up with, uh, oh. with two sisters and not even that was a lot. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so when you think of, uh, the modeling scene, you think of, of high profile actors and actresses, you don't think of Utah. So right. I want to, I want to start there. Obviously growing up in a place that is, you know, forgotten about a lot of the time. Mm. Uh, was it hard for you to break through? Right. Yeah, for sure. There were definitely some advantages and disadvantages. I think that there are a lot, it's honestly like this hidden, hidden gem because there's a lot of local photographers. There's a lot of like startup businesses. We have a lot of like industry here that honestly isn't as, it's not as well known. It's not this It's not like a place. It's not a national level. Right. So I think that being able to work consistently in Utah it, it as a model, I think that's something that you don't see as much in these smaller, as these smaller States, you have to go to New York, you have to, go to California, you have to go to Chicago. Right. But, um, because there are so many like startups and different things, I've been able to work consistently and that's, it's been such a blessing, especially throughout the pandemic. It's been an awesome blessing to be able to live here and live at home and, continue to work um as far as like large scale high budget um work with within the acting industry I think that's definitely something you don't see as much of here but um we were actually we were they did the um shot the new high school musical the musical series and I was able to audition for that a couple times and was able to do some some extra work on that and that was awesome and that was right here in Salome so there's definitely some hidden gems out here in Utah <laughs> working close to home it's nice oh yeah oh yeah it's it is nice it is nice for sure yeah I when I think of of Salt Lake City I mean the only experience I have of you know, that part of the country is the joke that you know everywhere closes at seven which of course can't be <laughs> true <laughs> so you're I'm guessing you're a freshman. I see the your start or your graduating or projected graduation date is 2025. Yes. So you're yes, like I, recently I, into college. Mm-hmm. Today was actually my first day of class. Oh, I just up last week. We can do an entire podcast on that. Um, <laughs> we we won't because it's going to bring back some terrible memories of of three years ago for me. Um, <laughs> but you know, going to college and, and managing all these different gigs and. In, right. in finding work, are, are you worried about, you know, trying to focus on two yeah. things at once? Yeah. So I actually just got an email yesterday from my manager for, um, 
I can't say what it is. It's a commercial that I just booked and I, and, and, and the shoot day is thankfully it's over a week. So I won't have any classes on those days, but I was just kind of thinking about how stressful it's going to be to kind of balance the two. I've actually talked to some of my professors within my program and they're pretty understanding because I'm, I'm a theater major. So they're understanding that a lot of people are going to be, you know, working with their department, but along with that, they're expecting and promoting you to work outside the department as well. So I'm nervous, but I think I've been able to do it throughout high school. So I'm hoping that <laughs> I'll be able to find that balance as well here at university. So you're going to school for theater. You are mm-hmm. an actress. You are a model. It seems like you've, you've gotten off to a hot start. And I, I want to ask, because I've always wanted to ask this to, to someone mm-hmm. who works in that industry. Um, so you've, like you, you've shot like pre, kind of like I don't know if this is the right term for for the industry, but pre-recorded stuff before, where you've you have scenes and you can have multiple takes. Like you've shot some stuff of that before, right? Right. Yes. Okay, but you've also done theater work in front of live um, audiences. Do people mm-hmm. that work in theater look down on the other types of actors and actresses? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. Honestly, I think that working in this industry, you, you just can't have that kind of ego, regardless of what area, whether it's theater, whether it's film, I feel like you can't, you just, you just can't, um, you can't have any sort of that, like be that condescending, you know what I'm saying? I think, um, working in theater, especially you see people from all walks of life. You have to be really intimate with a lot of people and really vulnerable with a lot of people consistently for your job right so I think that that's just not something that they that they they about I think that and and along with that I think a lot of people working in film they have their backbone based in theater so I think they honestly go hand in hand they're very different muscles but they're two sides of the same coin so I think honestly like it's it's a it's a community and I've I haven't noticed too much a, a conflict between the two areas of this industry Right, because I mean, if you look at it, because I've I've been to shows in theaters, and it's it's incredible right. to do that live, to run around, to jump, to sing, <laughs> to do all these different things, and do it again in front of other human beings where you don't get a second chance. I don't say cut, like right. that seems incredibly difficult, but also the rigorous long schedule of you know film, you know, they mm-hmm. work on that for for sometimes years but months at a time and right. like it's just two different things so i didn't know if there was a rivalry like a, a natural kind of uh kind of conflict like you said but right it's yeah i think yeah i, I don't think that there's much of a conflict between the two they're definitely both challenging in their own own ways <laughs> so does i want to talk about modeling and acting and, and the mm-hmm. kind of the relationship between the two obviously uh-huh. um Acting's a lot more than than how you look, and I, a lot of people say modeling is too. But at the base, acting is about performing and about playing a character and about uh, the way you present yourself on stage. Modeling can probably help that. Can you kind of explain the relationship between the two and how they kind of benefit each other? Yeah. So you said between like modeling and acting. Yeah. Um. So I think that. Honestly, if anything, I think that um, 
like they, they really help each other. I think like a kind of backbone. I think that acting starting out with, with performing at eight and just community theater. Right. I think that that kind of gave me the base bone for, you know, knowing my angles, knowing how to hold myself, knowing what looks good and seeing myself perform kind of me with modeling, you know, and I think with modeling, it's, although it doesn't seem like that, it, it is a bit of character work, especially if you're doing these like highly creative shoots and you are kind of given these interesting prompts, interesting fit or this, um, just really unique products that you're promoting, you kind of have to do put on this like persona of sorts. Like I always tell myself like the, the person who I am on set and the person when I'm modeling, I don't feel like that's really me. It's definitely like this persona that I have to put on. And it kind of feels similar to, to a character that I would play uh, like on stage, for example, um, just so I can have that sort of confidence and that sort of look that they're going for, because I think that that's what cameras cap. And so making sure that those making have that persona and that, that attitude is an important part of, of modeling. And I think that acting really, really helped with that. But um, yeah, the community is honestly very similar. I think networking between those two industries is extremely important. I did a, I just did a commercial a couple weeks back and um, the girl, just got back from the, my co-star. She got back from a shoot with Fenty in LA. And I was like, that's insane. That's a bigger brand than I've ever worked with. But she just kind of talked to me about how they're, again, just, they're very similar acting and modeling. It's, you have to know, you know, how to present camera. You have to know where to, how to hold yourself. And again, it's all, it's all character work. It's all a persona. So, yeah. So the little behind the curtain here for my side, of mm-hmm. the host and the podcast and everything. So last episode we had, I don't know if you, cause I, I sent you the show cause you, you asked to, to listen to it. I don't know if you listened yeah. to this one in particular, but, um, episode 59 was talking about the art of performing. We had four different people mm-hmm. that were friends of the show on and they basically gave an answer, answer similar to yours. We're like, yes, it's really <laughs> great. I love doing this, but it's really not always me up there. <laughs> And I think that's, right. that's such a fascinating thing because, like, that's what we all do all the time. You know, right? Exactly. Even, like, even going to the bank, you have to smile and be nice to people. Right. Or I mean, yeah. You don't have to, I guess, but it's certainly probably <laughs> better if you do. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I feel like I wear a million different masks every single day, and I think that you know, characters that I put on while while doing shoots or while on set or on stage, like. It's just another mask, you know, and it might be a more specific mask that I've been given the script to portray, but it's a similar situation to what we always, you know, what we do as human beings, right? We've been wearing masks since before the pandemic um, <laughs> in performance art. Uh, no, it's, but no, you, you make a good point that I come here and I am playing the role of the facilitator where I'm asking a lot right. of questions in a very quick fashion to try to get to know you. And right. I mean, it's, you try to differentiate, differentiate the show by, you know, having a conversation rather than a straight up interview, kind of like what we're doing now. And mm-hmm. you just, you have this, this ideology in mind that this is a performance, but this is also fun probably for a lot of right. people like oh, who, who do this job. It's fun. When you go on stage, it's fun. When you, mm-hmm. you know, step in front of a camera, it's fun. When I sit right. behind that, behind this microphone and call this 18-year-old girl in Utah, it's fun. 
Right. Like, that's... Right. And it should be, right? If, if it's not, then it's not going to be worth it. It's it's too much work and it's too much pressure, right? To If, if it's not fun, then you then get out of the industry, right? <laughs> right. Um, you actually... I feel like you read my, my notes. Uh, I wanted to talk about pressure. Mm. So thanks for bringing that up. Of course. <laughs> Wonder, wonderful segue by you. You natural podcaster. Um, <laughs> so pressure. So I have done plenty of different things in this industry. I've, I've television, radio, internet stuff, anything, you know, whether it's me in front of the camera, behind the camera, whatever. And there's a certain pressure to perform no matter what you're doing. You are doing things in a very public light all the time, whether it be in front of a camera or on stage. The pressure between those two different things, the pressure on you before you go out there, the pressure before you come back on after being out there. I mean, what is the the roller coaster of emotions? Let's just talk about on stage first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty intense, I would say. Um, I think that after a while you just kind of have to run with it. I, I, I still get free show jitters and I've been doing this for a pretty long time. You that I'd be used to it by now, but every second, you know, right before I go on, I'm still reviewing my lines in my head that I've had memorized for weeks. And I, I, I'm still, okay, what was, what, do I have my set or do I have my props? Do I have my, you know, costume? Is it looking good? Do I, do I feel confident? I'm, I, I have this checklist that I kind of go over in my head every time. And, 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 and honestly, like you just kind of have to roll with it. Like there, there is no, there is no moment where you can be like, Oh, give me a minute. You know, you can't, you can't do that with life theater, especially you, you kind of just have to, you just kind of have to run with it. If you're, if you're feeling nervous, you, you take that energy and you put it into your character and hope that, hope that everything works out for the best. And it always does. I've never had, I mean, I've had some interesting experiences, but nothing that's been life or death. I, I've survived all of my performances. So nothing too terrible has happened on stage. And, and you just kind of had to remember that, that, that you've prepared and you've done your work and you've done your job and, and now you just have to go for it. So that's yeah. such an interesting, you've done your job, you've done the prep, just go for it. That is fascinating and that's like it transcends no matter what you do because i've talked to a lot of like professional athletes and coaches and stuff and they say the same exact thing it doesn't (laughs) matter what you do as long as you if you think you're prepared exactly and if you actually prepare because i can think i'm prepared not be prepared if you know you're (laughs) prepared and you've you've done the work and you've you've showed up to work all week and now it's time for to play football on sunday or or to Mm -hmm. you know go on stage on a friday night or saturday night like it's here we go. Like, this is what you do. This is why you work. So no, that's a fascinating thing. Kind of transitioning and and pivoting to a different kind of pressure, the pressure Mm. for social media. So obviously, Mm. you know, it's it's a big thing. You're right in the, the TikTok generation, as am I like it, Mm -hmm. it matters how you look on the internet and Instagram is obviously your biggest thing. Um, you, by the way, you can follow her. We'll put it down in the show notes and, and we'll say it in the, in the preamble for the show. Uh, at Cambry, C-A-M-B-R-I-E dot Euler, O-Y-L-E-R. So obviously Instagram's a big thing for you. Mm-hmm. And 
do you feel any pressure when you have to go post something or what to post mm-hmm. it, like any added pressure? Because I mean, this oh, is your, sure. this is your life. Like this is your job. Right. Right. No, for sure. I actually, every time I post, I will delete the app off of my phone. So I, and not look for it and look, not look at it for like 12 hours. I, I it, <laughs> it gives me so much anxiety just to see, I, and I've and I've removed my likes from so I can't see what, how many likes I'm getting and I can't see how many likes other people are getting because honestly, it would just it gets to me it really does especially where again I'm I'm I've had a public account since I was 12 years old I've I've been posting content for to gain a following since I was you know a preteen so I think that um, having that kind of pressure for that long. I've just had to learn how to remove myself and, 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 and relieve it as I can. So that includes not showing people how many, not showing myself how many other people are getting and just completely disengaging for a little bit, decompressing after I post. It's, it's pretty intense, but, um, it's kind of just the, what I've had to do. It's the coping skill that I've had to learn over the years. I think it's it's drastically important that going mm-hmm. forward with people who are in your industry, with basically any industry, because people that are reporters and people that are internet creators like like me, like right. it's a common problem. It doesn't matter what you're in. Um, right. There needs to be some type of professional that works for the agencies or the management company. Like we need something or someone going forward that has the job to mm-hmm. deal with these type of things because it's very new. Mm-hmm. This is within the last 10 years and you know, it's, it's a problem. And I, I saw you and I'm like, Oh yeah, this, you know, this looks like a model. This looks like an actress. This looks like right. a person who is going to perform. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, my mind immediately went to, it was like, I wonder how many terrible things that get said to her all the time. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. There's some interesting stories that I could tell. I, I think it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting. I I don't get like hate comments as much as I would, as much as hate DMs. (laughs) People will, people will come out, go out of their way or they'll, they'll try to talk to me and they'll try to communicate with me. And I'm like, and I won't respond oftentimes. Like it'll be someone that I just don't care to engage with and not in a rude way. I just kind of have to filter who I'm talking to because I just can't be, available to these strangers all the time right and and if I you know don't respond or whatever I'll be called like nasty nasty things like won't give them my time energy which is not fun (laughs) but um yeah you just kind of have to roll with it (laughs) it's so interesting because you would think I, I didn't really know how to go about it especially when I was younger I would get these people DMing me, these guys, these men trying to talk to me as a minor. And, and, and I was so naive and I would just be like, Oh, they're just wanting to be friends. Oh, they have a a, a business deal. Like sometimes I would get people, Oh, I have this, I have this modeling thing you want to do. And, and, and luck have my agency who is amazing. And they, and I I just have to tell them, I say, yeah, go through my agency because they're going to make sure you're not a terrible person or you're not this or that. Right. But, but, um, I, I, and I, and it was hard because oftentimes it would be like, Oh, this person wants to talk with me to get to know me or talk with me to, 
you know, be friends with me, right? And it wasn't just a, but peers too, like schoolmates would would try to DM me and talk to me, and and I would engage for a little bit, and it was always just like the worst kind of stuff. It was awful. It was, or it was, or as girls being upset because of some, you know, high school thing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a difficult process being in the public eye, but it's, it's necessary history and it's something I've just had to deal with. So yeah. It is a necessary evil to be available to people who consume your stuff. It's just, that's what it is. And, uh, obviously like I, I don't want to, dig in anything you, you don't want to dig into but how old were you when you started getting stuff like that mm. I would say I think about 13 or 14 maybe 12 Jeez. probably yeah so I'm thinking around there it was definitely junior high because I signed with my agency when I was thir- 14 when I was 14 I, I just turned 14 so I had and I, and they asked they said you have to make your Instagram public so you can either make a new Instagram. So I have a private Instagram that I have about 50 followers on and I post everything. I post, <laughs> I post my, you know, all my silly content onto that account and that's my close friends. But then I have my public Instagram, which is the one that you contacted me through. Um, that was, that's been public for about four and a half years now. And yeah, I, I think that that was kind of when it started. It was just the second it was out there on the internet, I think that people were contacting me. Man, that is that's, – that's intense. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, it, it happens though, right? Like it, it sucks right. that it happens, but, again, it's a necessary part of, of the process. Of the industry, right. Yeah, I mean, to kind of move, move back towards – um, some stuff you've, you've done on stage, some, mm-hmm. some theater work, some production stuff. Um, you said you had some interesting experiences on stage and I, I won't, I don't want to dip into the worst, but I definitely want to dip into the funniest. Um, <laughs> wh- what, what's your funniest story from, from okay. the internet? <laughs> Let me think. Oh, that is so hard. Um, I was in a production of Matilda this last year, Matilda the Musical, and we had these big projections that we had on our the back of our set, on the scrim, so it was like the backdrop. Um, and I, I was playing Matilda in this production, and so we ha- there's a lot of special effects. Uh, you know, you, if you know the story of Matilda, she's this kid, and she has these, like, psychic powers, and she helps defeat, defeat her evil, you know, principal at the school and it's it's a really fun show it was such a fun show to do um and about halfway through one of our productions our projector stops working and and we just kind of had to run with it because it was intermission and we had about five minutes left and so we ended up just um like faking it like for example at the very end she she like telepathically picks up a, or I don't know, a telekinesis, is that the word, where she can move things with her mind? Well, she picks up this, like, chalk and starts writing on the chalkboard. And you normally, in the in the set, you would turn around and you would see the letters starting to write across this chalkboard that was projected back, um, backdrop. But that wasn't working. And so we just had to, like, turn around 
and kind of face the audience and like our our chalkboard was now like theoretically at the back of the audience and I was and it was it, I don't even know if it read to the audience at all some people afterwards and they were like yeah I mean it made sense I guess and, it, and I just was like cool awesome that sounds it, and I I just hope that they weren't too confused by it but it was definitely an interesting experience to say the least that kids is called method acting at home <laughs> Um, that is pure improv. Oh yeah. It was, it was really funny. It was really funny. I've had a few times where I've had to be on set at a couple times and my car broke down on the way to set. And so I was, I was like calling my manager and I was calling the set, um, director and I was just like freaking out because it was like the second day of shooting and it was for this, um, I can't even remember what it was. I think it, it was, and it was right when I turned 16. So I just learned how to drive and it was for some, I think it was like a mattress company that was like based in Utah. And, and so I was like calling them and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm on my way. And, and so I like start, and I was maybe like a mile away from set. Like I was really, really close. It was, it was about like, I think 15 minute walk. And so I just grabbed all my stuff. Like I had a, a duffel bag full of some clothes that, that I was bringing for, for, um, for wardrobe and I had my makeup and I was just, so I just got my stuff and I like locked my car and I just started like running. Like I literally just started walking and I made it there about like, and, and they were like, Oh, we'll come get you. And I was like, no, I'll be there. And like, and, and my phone died and it was this whole, fiasco like they were trying to contact me to just come pick me up but I like could not even explain where I was because it was the middle of nowhere I had no idea where it was and I just like pulled my map and like saw where it was and just started like sprinting down the side of the road and I made it there in about 10 minutes and it was very intense (laughs) so like that's a dangerous situation if you think about it it's like this 16 year old girl sprinting down a road (laughs) Oh, by yeah, yourself no, my mother was very upset she was very she was furious she was like what are you, what are you doing you should have called someone and and I was like mom I just I'm just committed to the art is what I told her and she was like you are she thought I was an idiot. and I was looking back I would I would never I would never leave my car anywhere I would never do that but I thought it was what I had to do and and it all worked out so Hey, that day you proved how dedicated you are to this craft. <laughs> Most definitely. Because, I mean, that same thing has happened to me. I mean, it happened today with this. But uh, <laughs> it's a very similar situation while I was late. But the, um, like, that same thing happens to, like, everyone who's, like, trying to make it or, like, doing stuff uh-huh. on their own. Because, like, I can't tell you how many times my car is broken down from that two-hour drive home from work. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh, for sure. This doesn't go well or whatever. Like, that mm-hmm. seems to be the 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 classic story of, like, when you first get started, car trouble. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's really great. Um, do you still have that car? No, I do not. It died about a year later. It, it, she, she, she ran out of, of, <laughs> of life in her, and she's in the dumpster <laughs> or in the dumpyard or whatever now. <laughs> Did you have a name for the car? Um, yeah, it was called Petunia. Okay, that's... Alternative. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... that's the only name I've ever heard. Like, the only thing I've ever uh, heard that's named Petunia is a French bulldog. 
So <laughs> a French bulldog that is spoiled out of its mind. And then this car of a guest and on my this, podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And she was, it was a, it was like a 2001 Toyota and it was so beat up and run down. Oh, so it was older than you. Yeah. Older than us. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Hey, by the way, um, you yeah. are, gosh, you are the second person on this podcast ever that is younger than me. Mm-hmm. So congrats. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The other one is a professional golfer and, and she oh, wow. is, she's not that much younger than me. So you are several years younger than me. So congrats. Oh, I'm honored. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're going young here at IAC. <laughs> um, but I know it's funny. Petunia just gave out in the middle of a Utah roadway. <laughs> Obviously, you don't get to pick where you grow up. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any desire, any goal to in the next, like in the next couple of years, maybe you know, w- with the right opportunity, go to a place oh. like Los Angeles or New York? Oh, for sure, most definitely. I'm actually looking for. I'm currently looking for management based in LA, um, just for the next couple of years. I. It's kind of a difficult move, um, <laughs> for for sure. I, I wasn't planning on moving before I was 18. I knew that. I knew my parents would never pack up their life and take all nine of my siblings across the country. But but um, that's kind of the kind of the goal. It's been the goal for a couple of years now. Um, it's down to like finances and when the time is right. I'm I'm in university right now. I'm I'm hoping that I can you know get my degree. But if if opportunity rises I will absolutely absolutely make the move <laughs> it's definitely just if this is the career I'm choosing that you you kind of need to go where the work is and and although I've been really fortunate to have a lot of work here it it's nothing compared to what's available you know on the on the west coast and or even New York or Chicago weird that chicago's included in that um i think of <laughs> chicago's like for me i guess it's because i cover sports and because i'm so entrenched in like that area of of right you know entertainment uh chicago seems like a gritty city it doesn't seem like it's very mm. pretty or or uh or delicate or, or full of art which <laughs> <laughs> obviously la is is known for the entertainment industry and new york is a big mm-hmm. place for for whatever but chicago just doesn't seem like it fits in the right two. well they actually they have a really great theater scene over there surprisingly like you they have a lot of you know broadway tours they have a lot of really high-end theater work um is mostly what's there and a lot of commercial work as well as is in any city but Specifically Chicago, yeah. They have a lot of work there, to my surprise. <laughs> hey, the more you know, right? Yeah. Chicago, not just not just a gritty city full of crime. They got some art, too. <laughs> um, no, but, I mean, Los Angeles and New York are obviously the two biggest places. And, you know, you hear a right. lot about those industries and hear a lot about the film industry in L.A. and the modeling is- industry in New York. With women, we've seen, you know, very famous actresses model and, and, and mm-hmm. do film and television and stuff like that. Um you see like you see them go both ways a lot of the time. So obviously you have a lot of experience balancing those two things. Um, do you feel like your we talked about earlier, your preparation, your, your work on this level has prepared you to take the next step in the next, like in the, in a very recent future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that has, I think that I on I, I feel like I'm, 
slowly but surely outgrowing the the square footage um, of Salt Lake City of Utah. I think that I it, it I really have been lucky to have started so young and and, and been able to prepare um, so early and and kind of just kind of get a footing in industry and to into this world so that I can pursue it further and pursue higher end and, 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 and more, you know, high budget films and projects and things. I really am excited to see what you do. I think it's fascinating. (laughs) I'm so incredibly thankful again that you, you decided to come on the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, it's been incredibly fun talking to you. I, there's a few more things I would love to get to before we get to the lightning round. I didn't tell you about the lightning round, by the way. It's five to seven random questions. You got to answer, ah. answer in 10 seconds or less. I want to talk about some different things that are a little bit... I, I wanted to go a little bit heavy here, if that's okay with you, and you don't have to answer yeah. anything you don't want to. Of course. Um, but the outlook and the perception of you as someone who is an entertainer and someone who is at least in part on stage because of how they look, do you feel any pressure, even just small things with working out with, with eating with anything that might affect your appearance or look? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've always had a lot of pressure on my, I, I think honestly, I put a lot of pressure on myself, um, to look a certain way to, to present a certain way even starting this first week of college I've, I've noticed walking around campus I will catch myself just comparing myself oh they're they're taller she has a nicer body than I do she has nicer hair than I do like all of these things and I think that um even like in every aspect of my life for sure affected me I think that that's one thing that I've worked on tremendously in my self-growth journey um is to kind of kind of make sure that I'm staying grounded is important I understand that within this industry your looks are important I understand that that's what's going to get you work and but you at the end of the day have to remember that that's not who you are that I am not my physical appearance I'm not you know how good I look in that dress I'm not how how clear my skin is that day um a person. I'm a, I'm a human being at the end of the day. So I have to consistently remind myself that and, and those around me too. I think oftentimes I, I don't, I don't feel objectified consistently, but I feel like it's, it's something that, that can, you can, happen. um, and, and, and people within the industry, if you're working with the right people, you are not going to have you of, of feeling kind of dehuman. You can get, work and you can just kind of go on realize, oh I I feel more like a prop than a human being so I think that um just finding the right work finding the things that are going to make you feel good and and reminding yourself that you're a person first and you have feelings and emotions and, and complex thoughts that that's kind of what you had to kind of remind yourself and that you don't have to up in the in the physical so much all the time. Yeah. Cause that's, you, you said it, I mean, you're a human being and a lot of people forget that. And it's something that media people deal with and something that, uh, you know, people in all kinds of industries with it's all the entertainment right. industries, essentially, um, you know, 
because athletes are treated like they're video game players because they, in right. essence, are because they are they are on a video game. People act like that they they can just show up every single week and it's going to be the same performance mm-hmm. despite the fact that their body hurts a lot. People exactly. expect yeah. you to show up and, and look the same exact way one week as you do the next when we all know that's not how it works. <laughs> People <laughs> expect me to show up and, and be consistent every single week and I do my best, but that's not always how it goes. Like people just mm-hmm. lose the sense of, yeah, okay, that's a normal person. <laughs> like, right. like they like the sense mov- of they like movies and popcorn and they eat ice cream sometimes and like they <laughs> like going out with their friends. Like they like doing stuff. Like they're normal people. That's why right. pe- people don't get that. And I hate that so much from like cuz I get that all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. "Ah, you were you low energy that week." I'm like yeah, because I had a million things to do that week. A lot of people, they see the 2% that you put out, but they don't see the, the exactly. 98% of work. You know, They don't see the preparation. <laughs> they don't see you staying up late at night to, to memorize your lines and, and understand where you're supposed to go and where you're supposed to be and, and, and how you're supposed to interact. And even the, you know, the other side of acting is like, you have to act like you're also... <laughs> you know, surprised or angry or mm. happy or like you have to act like you can't just read the thing. And, right. you know, it's not always a hundred percent. You try to make it a hundred percent, but it's not. And, you know, being treated like a human being goes back to what we talked about earlier with, you know, people saying awful things to you, but it also goes back to like, it's not, it's not easy. Nothing's ever easy. <laughs> no one's job is easy. And people, lose that sometimes because we're their entertainment right right like the thing they do in their spare time is what we get paid to do (laughs) right (laughs) like a lot of people don't like we're their reason they look forward to their time off and that's right it's condescending and egotistical as that might sound like it's true (laughs) for a lot of you know true for a lot of different people but it's but it's not egotistical i'm like it's it's the career i chose and it's it's difficult and it has, it has so many challenges, right? Like it, it's not egotistical because of how difficult it is. You know, if acting and modeling and, you know, commercial work was easy, then everyone would do it. Right. right. It seems very fun. It seems very glamorous, but it has some really interesting behind the scenes moments. <laughs> but, but the, the fascinating part is, is that you're good at that and you're probably not good at selling like stuff over the phone. Like, Hey, are you like go door to door and knock on the thing and like sell a product. Like my, my dad used to sell vacuums door to door. Like mm-hmm. not everyone can do that or not everyone exactly. can like, I don't know what's a normal, like not everyone can be an accountant. Like yeah. <laughs> you and I just I'm have, terrible at math. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I could never, <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm terrible at math. I went to an entertainment school specifically so I wouldn't have to do math for more than one month. <laughs> Uh, exactly exactly we all have our we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses but for sure the thing with with you and i keep grouping us together i am mm. trust me i am probably not as talented as you when it comes to a lot of the things that you do and i'm not <laughs> i'm not pretending like i'm on your level of entertainment but still the the idea that the thing that you and i have chosen to do because we're good at is quote-unquote glamorous and quote-unquote you know desirable you have so many things going against you all the time. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have that. It doesn't matter how your accountant looks. Can you do my taxes properly so I don't go to jail? 
all right, cool. That's it. But you have to, you have to consider every single thing. And that's right. It's such a fascinating thing. And that's why I wanted to have you on to kind of talk about that a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm happy you did. I'm happy you were open. You know, I, I was fearful a little bit that you're going <laughs> to kind of, uh, kind of dodge some of these things, but, um, oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm open to talk about anything. I really am. And I'm honored that I was able to be on this. It's, it's, it's a, it's a great show. So thank you. It's perfect. Thank you. Uh, if you could tell my mother, that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she. I, I. I don't think my mom fully understands what I what I do for money, which is. <laughs> I think that's a lot of the people in the entertainment industry. It's like, yeah, he just he goes out for a little while and then he comes back and he has money. So. <laughs> uh, by the way, that's um, another thing. I mean, you've been doing this for since you were eight, right? Yes. So your parents had to been like, they had to be on board. Like you can't make that decision on your own. So uh, can right. you talk about the role of your parents real quick? Yeah. So my parents were, have been super supportive. They, they were actually the ones who like had me go audition for my first show. They asked me cause I had so much energy and so much just <laughs> life in me. And they were like, you need to be on stage. So they took me to my first community um, theater audition which was a production of Annie, and I got to play one of the little orphan girls. Her name was Molly, um, and and I loved it. And I think that they saw that they saw that I loved it, and they saw that I that I had this skill for it. And I think that just having directors, you know, telling them, "Oh, she needs she should pursue this, she should work in this," I think that that was kind of what uh, like allowed them to be okay with it. You know, that they saw the when they saw the the work ethic that it had. Um, and they know that whatever I'm, I've always been a really hard worker. Um, so I think that they knew that whatever I wanted to do, that I would, I would put my whole heart and soul into and, and they weren't worried about me, you know, getting into something and then actually hating it. Right. Um, and then with, with modeling at 14, um, I, I, I told my mom one day, I was like, mom, there's an open casting for this agency up in Salt Lake. And I want to go and, and I don't care how, if you're going to drive me or if I take the, the bus all the way there, or I call a friend or like I, I was, I just told her that I was going to do it. And, and she knows me well enough to know that I would, I would, I would keep my word with that. So she was like, all right, get in the car. We're going to go. Cause I'd rather you do that than bus up to Salt Lake on your own at 14. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that she was, she was super on board with it and she's seen who I've become with it and, and has loved watching me grow. And I'm, and I'm really grateful. She's been this supportive mom. I'll run down a road with a duffel bag at 16 (laughs) to get to that, to get to that casting. (laughs) Yeah. I don't tell her all my stories. (laughs) She's proud of. (laughs) That's, that's incredible. Um, no, that's, that's awesome. And I, I've, I've, I started at 16 doing this and, and traveling the country and, and, and doing things. So mm. I can, I can understand the role of the supportive parents and, um, no, it's, it's awesome to, to know that, um, you have such a great support system and someone who is, who is there for you and, and wanted you to go out and achieve your dream. Cause I had that same thing. And, and, you know, four years later we're sitting here, um, doing our 60th episode and it's, right. it's, a, it's a it's a big deal to have that 
And, mm-hmm. um, I know how important it is from all my other friends who are, you know, it started their dream underage. Like it all starts based on having someone who is willing to sacrifice their time for you. And, right. and I wanted, I wanted you to have an opportunity to, to kind of explain your situation on air with, with your support staff. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And, um, so lightning round Okay. to wrap this up. <laughs> Ready. We went, we went funny with a, a great story about a projector. We went serious with very tough issues facing young women today. And we're going to wrap it up with, um, just some ridiculous answers. So <laughs> are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Cambry five to seven random questions. 10 seconds or less. Let's get started. Uh, you have a highlight on your Instagram um, that says bops. What do mm. you What are you currently jamming to right now? What's one song at this particular moment that you cannot stop hitting repeat? Okay. Oh, it's Meet Me at Our Spot, I think is what it's called. It's by The Anxiety. So it's like Willow and then some other artist. I can't remember who else. But yeah, that's my favorite. All right. That is... That isn't, I mean, look, music and stop the clocker. The music is such a (laughs) a, a massive part of, of anything. Like you don't really realize how much music is, uh, intertwined with the things that you do until you don't have it. Until you roll through the mountainous parts of Utah that don't have service. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So. That's great because we have a we have a pre-show jams playlist available on Spotify. It's with the link in my my bio at Riley James IAC. Shameless plug um, that has all of our pre-show music. So that's that's awesome. I, I noticed that and I, I appreciate it because I, I love music and um, I'm always one for for finding new things. So I will check that out. Yes, Willow, she's brilliant. So, all right, second one, back on the clock. Um, cake or pie? Oh. Um, cake. I think I like cake more. I don't like baked fruit and I don't like any other kind of pie. So probably cake. What kind of cake? Uh, chocolate. I think that's a pretty solid answer. (laughs) That's like like the best thing ever. Good chocolate cake just hits different. German chocolate cake. Um, (laughs) if you could have a dinner party, three famous people living or dead, who would they be? Ooh, that's so hard. With three? Three. Okay. Um, Emma Stone, because she's brilliant. Um, Great. Vincent van Gogh. I'm obsessed with his art <laughs> and impressionism. Um, and maybe Margaret Atwood. She's an author and a poet of mine of, that, I, that I really like. So, yeah, maybe yeah. those three. I'm familiar with with Margaret Atwood. We had we had to mm-hmm. read some of her stuff in in my college program. Uh, can I come and I'll bring five microphones and we can just do a podcast? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you'll, you'll be there. Because I really want to know the questions Emma Stone would have for Vincent Van Gogh. I do too. Oh, that'd be so cool. I just I really. Because I'm not even going to host it. It's just going to be a roundtable discussion <laughs> for any, anyone can do anything yep. they want. Oh, it'd be brilliant. <laughs> but I'm going to monetize it and make all the money. Um, <laughs> that's, that's really great. So Margaret Atwood, uh, Vincent Van Gogh, and Emma Stone. Mm. 
Oh man. But hopefully we can eat dinner and then put on La La Land for Vincent Van Gogh oh. to to commentate on. He would love it. <laughs> I think he really would. He'd appreciate La La Land a lot. That's so funny. Camry, do you have a pet? I do. I have a cat. If you could ask that cat one question, what would it be? Um so she's a stray and we don't know where she came from. So maybe I would ask her her backstory. Because we just <laughs> She kind of just showed up at our house one day, and, like, we didn't really take her in. She kind of just claimed us. So maybe I'd ask, like, where she came from. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm just going to stay in Salt Lake. We'll do that the next day. We'll get that cat's <laughs> entire backstory for the next episode. <laughs> uh, it's, that's good. Um, this is more of a more of a serious lightning round question. Uh, if you could give some advice to one person looking to get into your industry, what would it be? Uh, believe in yourself because no, it's not that no one else will, but you you will have to be your biggest advocate. So have confidence, believe in yourself. Last but not least, we just did the Olympics pretty recently. If with all the different sports. Which one do you think you could walk up and make an Olympic team in four years? Oh, man. Um, that's hard. I was a gymnast for a while, actually. And I want to say, like, gymnastics, but I don't think that I could do that even in four years. Maybe, like, skiing. Maybe, like, cross-country skiing. <laughs> is that an Olympic sport? That is. That? <laughs> uh, yeah, they do have, I think it's ski slalom where you have to go through, like, poles. Yeah, maybe I could try that. Give yeah. me four years. Give me four years. <laughs> I don't know if cross country skiing is an Olympic sport. I imagine it probably is. It's probably it's yeah, probably an Olympic possibly. sport. No, but I mean you're in a good position because I don't know a tremendous amount about Utah, but I think it snows there. Mm-hmm. And you have they, mountains. Have the best snow on earth. <laughs> oh, is it the best snow on earth? That's what the, that's what the license plate says. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is. That's great. Um, <laughs> what was it like growing up in Utah? I loved it. I think it was a great environment. I I, I love the outdoors, and I think that it, it it's just a really good environment. It was it was interesting because it's everyone's super religious. Everyone here is elders or Mormon, but um, and I grew up Mormon, but I'm I'm not anymore. And I could talk for hours about that, but, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really good environment. I think it is. Can we go ahead and book you again to come back? And talk about Mormonism? <laughs> <laughs> well, so we'll have this episode. We'll have the episode with the five of us at a dinner party. We have the cat mm, episode the and cat. then we have, uh, your step away from Mormonism. Yeah, let's do it. So it'll be like a six part series. Dope. Oh, that's, wait, that's four. So we'd have to come up with two episodes on our own. You know what? We can figure it out <laughs> off the air. Oh, man. Cambry Euler, thank you so much for making time. This was awesome. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, You can check out my Instagram at cambry.euler. And that is kind of where all my content goes. I'm sure you can find my Spotify or my Pinterest or something else, but that is where my content will be if, um, and you can look at my agency's website if you'd like to see my my headshot and my resume and all the other content. We will put links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for making time for Cambry Euler. I'm Riley James.
anyone cares.